Night gathers, and so our watch begins. Or rather, now our watch has ended. A bit on the nose for a title of the episode, but nevertheless, the appropriate one. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Mark Talk. Yes, yes, I know, I know, to uh, to the ones of you that pay attention, the ones of you that actually uh, uh, get on my case about, uh, you gotta put out a new episode, I apologize, I know. And uh, to be honest with you, I didn't put out an episode for episode 5 of this season's Game of Thrones when it came out, kind of on purpose, because there was a lot to think about, there was a lot to talk about, and I just, frankly, didn't have the energy. The internet was on fire, much like King's Landing, and I just didn't want to face it. You know, I, I had so many thoughts, so many uh, different different counterpoints to to the the uprise of of anger and and frustration spout out by the nameless masses, the faceless masses all aboard the uh all on the webosphere. And I just didn't feel like putting out an episode that was going to be mainly just me spouting off why these opinions were wrong, why, you know, how 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 angry and frustrated that I'm getting at everybody else's anger and frustration because at the end of the day we're just going in circles. On and on and on it spins like spokes in the wheel. And we're here to break the wheel, aren't we? You see what I did there? And then the finale happened. And then I just kind of, uh, I had to take some time to process it. And once again, the masses just letting everyone know their opinions about it. And look, here's the thing. No one is ever happy when a popular TV show comes to an end. And they're even less happy when the ending doesn't go the way that they want it to go. When the ending doesn't satisfy all necessary requirements, whatever those may be, I call it too high of expectation. And when something like this, something like this this massively successful TV show that the whole world unites behind, when every single person watching has a different expectation of how the show should end and the show doesn't end that way, then all of a sudden the show gets discredited by these quote unquote fans it's been frustrating it's been quite annoying it's been exhausting you know if you follow me on twitter you know i've i've been at it for a while now and uh just you know f- fighting the uh the battle i would have said solo but I wasn't alone. I had some. Uh, I had some allies, and I thank you for that. I thank you for those people that uh, are able to, even the ones that don't agree with uh, some of my thoughts or some of the, you know, or I don't agree with theirs. We we still there are those that I was having civil conversations with. We can have opposing views on things and have a civil conversation. It's not that hard. 
Trust me. I know. I've done it. I'm continuing to do it. But you can't just you can't just discredit the entire show because it ended the way that you didn't expect or it it ended the way uh, or it didn't end the way that you wanted it to. You can't just disregard the the you know the the former years, the former seasons and all the hard work these people put into it. Which reminds me, we just got the release of the uh, the documentary on HBO called The Last Watch. A uh, little film documenting the making of uh, season 8 and what all went into making this season happen. And we really look at it from the eyes of uh, some crew members, some key crew members, and, and of course uh, a, a featured extra who's been there the last five years and just kind of sort of become this this beacon of 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 light and guidance for all of those involved with the show and uh we're kind of watching the we're watching this doc through his eyes and through the crew's eyes and man what an interesting perspective and and it really provides more perspective on the magnitude and the just the grand scale of which this TV show functions, and I won't lie to you, it brought a tear to my eye a few times. You know, whether it was uh, the reaction of Kit Harrington reading at the, at the table read, learning about the fate of uh, Daenerys. With Amelia Clark sitting right across from him, that brought a tear to my eye. Or it was uh, the moment where uh, I believe his name is Clayton, our featured extra that I mentioned, uh, with the long beard, and we we follow him as he's finished his last day on set, his last day ever, and we because uh, we spend a lot of time with this guy and this show. We learn how much this show has meant to him just as a fan. And the fact that he is a super fan and that he is a, a part of this world. And he had an emotional moment. He had several. But man, that but that last uh, that last bit, that one really got me. It's a wonderful doc if you haven't watched it. I'm assuming everybody has seen it at this point. But if you haven't and uh, you... Uh, Swing on over to HBO, HBO Go, HBO Now, whatever, and check it out. It is worth your time. If you like the the behind-the-scenes stuff. If you don't, well, then I still say give it a watch anyway because it's fascinating. Fascinating stuff. And uh, like I said, I've been having some technical issues uh, with... uh, sitting down and actually getting this episode going. This probably should have come out uh, a few days ago, but there was complications and there was, uh, well, you name it, A, B, and C. And then sometimes life just happens. That's, that's the most popular answer I have. Sometimes life just happens. And sometimes I can't. Sometimes I can't just sit down and start riffing like I normally do. I just, uh, sometimes I just need a moment or two, or three, and I just gotta sit alone with my thoughts and collect them, and sometimes I just don't feel like making a a, a 
formulative statements and sentences. But we got to talk about it. And as I said, I had a lot of thoughts about episodes, the bells, and subsequently episode The Iron Throne, which is our series finale. But I really want to take a moment and just acknowledge the fact that, wow, this show is over. This show has been my obsession since 2010 when it first premiered. I had no inkling, no notion at all of what this show was, what it was going to be. I think a lot of people felt that. I certainly wasn't even aware of the book series yet. All I know is that I mean I just I just kept seeing these uh these previews, these uh promos for HBO about this show called Game of Thrones and it looked uh I said, like, "Oh wow, a a high fantasy concept show. Okay, cool." What is that like? Lord of the Rings? It looks kind of dark. Wonder what that's going to be. Maybe it's a maybe it's a darkened version of Lord of the Rings. I don't know. HBO doesn't do shows like that usually. This will be cool. Is this a is this a historical fiction? Is this historical truth? What is this? So I tuned in and you know since I mean, they had me at just the, at that first bit, you know, the 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 opening, the cold open of episode 1 with the with the the uh, Night's Watch Rangers going out into the haunted woods and uh finding the <laughs> stumbling upon the white walkers and uh you know some some recently deceased wildlings from that moment i just i just remember thinking what the hell is this i don't know but i am so in and look you already sold me that it's a high fantasy show starring Sean Bean you, you sold me. You got me. I'm in. Now I actually got to check it out and make sure I'm all the way in. And I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I look back on that episode and I have I have come to watch the pilot episode Winter is Coming uh, many, 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 many times in the uh, span of these last uh, eight or nine years. And they that pilot is is difficult to watch in some regards because they throw a lot of information at you all at once. But now looking back on it, not only do they throw a lot of information at you at once, but they plant the seeds of where the show was going to inevitably end up. It's all there. People forget that yes, this show is a uh, medieval fantasy drama slash uh, uh, political thriller, and some of the most intriguing stuff are are just the 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 stuff going on when there's not a battle. It's all the uh, scheming and plotting and the uh, you know the backstabbing, the 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 politics of it all. The whispers, all that, you know, it's it's got great moments, great scenes with great actors, just great, fantastic writing. 
But we forget that this show is also something even more. Because the cold open of episode one, just, I mean, right there, they let you know, hey, we are dealing with something otherworldly, supernatural even, magic. They're going to show you that and then only kind of hint at it later, but never really follow through with it until the, uh, until the, a later episode where John destroys the white only to remind you, hey, by the way, there is magic in this world. You know, politics be damned. It's, it's, uh, remember what kind of show you're watching here. It's high fantasy for a reason, and you don't do high fantasy without incorporating the fantastical elements. And by the time season one ends with the, uh, the, the birth of the dragons, Daenerys the Unburnt standing there with her new children. And you hear the roar of Drogon, his little little baby Drogon roaring out, signaling to you that shit is about to get real. It's brilliantly done. But there's a lot happening in episode one that just really sets the, the tone and uh, plants the seeds of what would become our ending it's all there you just you need only watch it again with uh new uh more more uh seasoned eyes <laughs> it's intriguing stuff and about and i mentioned the writing here's i i did i don't want to bring it up but I, I didn't but i'm gonna because i got to push back a little bit i i i absolutely have to push back and our friends over at Casterly Talk, uh, shout out to Ken Knapsack over there. Great podcast about all of your Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire uh, day to day. They they Ken made this great point because uh, it's it's kind of the same thing I've been struggling to to make people understand and make people hear because a lot of pushback from this season, especially. Uh, there was some last season as well, but uh, this season, they, they just people are discrediting the writers. Like, since there's no books to follow, the writers don't know what they're doing. This season has been garbage because the writing's been terrible because uh, Dan and Dave, the showrunners, they don't know what they're doing. Terrible writers. Okay, you're allowed to feel, to feel that way, but uh, let me ask you this. You know, they've been the writers since the beginning, right? Did you hate them in the beginning? You know, they're the showrunners, so they've literally been writers all the way through. Did you hate that? Probably not. And you're saying, well, they followed the books. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I'm a book reader, so I could tell you whether it is or isn't. And let me drop some... uh, some little nuggets of truth here you know how we love all the political intrigue of the show it's what it's what really gives the show voice it's why we we tune in all the time we tune in for moments like uh like let's say 
Peter Baelish, Littlefinger, and Lord Varys, the eunuch, when they always have their back and forth with one another and they, they try to one-up each other with their quips and japes. You like that stuff, don't you? Yeah? You like it? Guess what? Not in the books. Not at all. If it is in the books, you're not reading it because it's never there. Those are the writers, folks. But why stop there? You remember in season two when when Arya is, uh, you know, she gets stopped uh, by the uh, the Lannister guard. She's on her way to the to the wall. She's she's pretending to be a boy headed off to the Night's Watch, you know. And then they get stopped by the Lannister guard, and they're uh, her and her group are taken prisoner over at Harrenhal. And Tywin Lannister, old Charles Dance himself. He makes her his cupbearer because, to his knowledge, this is just some uh, common, just some common girl, common peasant girl. But then they start having little conversations with one another, and he realizes, oh, she's uh, sharper than, than uh, she uh, she appears. Matter of fact, I think she might be kind of highborn, and she's pretending to be lowborn. I don't know. This is a clever one. All those scenes with Arya and Tywin, like great, fantastic season two moments. Not in the books, yo. It is all the writers. Matter of fact, if you read the books, those weird conversations, and she she doesn't end up being cupbearer to Tywin. She she becomes cupbearer to Roose Bolton. And those aren't nearly, not nearly as intriguing as what we got with her and Char- with Maisie Williams and Charles Dance together. Those are great moments, and those are great moments given to you by the writers of the show. They are nowhere to be found in the books. And I'll even, I mean, I could go on and on, but I'll even skip ahead to season five, the, the season everyone hates. And I will admit, it's the weakest of the eight. I, I'll say that, even now, I will say season five is the weakest of the eight. There are some things that work and some things that don't. But I got news for you. For the most part, they're still following the books. So even if you hate it, that means that, well, <laughs> I got bad news for you. Those, uh, those later books in the series probably aren't going to work for you. Matter of fact, I, I probably would suggest that you read the books because a lot of you show watchers who are complaining about the writers, I don't think you're going to like the books at all. I don't think the concept of the books are going to sit well with you. They're dense. They are dense as hell. But I don't want to insult your intelligence. No, no. Let's let's keep talking about how the writers screwed up. In season five, we have an amazing episode. One of the one of the best episodes of the entire series called Hard Home. You'll remember that one. That's the when John goes over to uh, to discuss. A treaty with the wildlings to let them pass through the wall because if they don't, we're all going to die. And right as they're trying to gather the wildlings from hard home to get on the ships to, to go to Castle Black, they are attacked by the army of the dead. And once it's all said and done, it is the first time John comes face to face with the Night King. And it's the iconic of... Uh, uh, we see the Night King raise his hands, and when he does, 
the new found dead are now part of his army. Great episode, great moment, love it. Guess what? None of that's in the books. We mention, we get a mention of Hardhome like once, and there's barely anything there. Not in the books, yo. That is all the writers and the director. And that's one of the best episodes of the show. And I will fight anyone who tries to say otherwise. Because if you think so, then you obviously just... I don't... I question, like, do you even like the show? And that's another thing. It's fine if you want to provide criticisms to something that you love. Because, you know, you want to hold that thing you love sacred. And when it's going away that you're not vibing with, sure, you're going you're gonna to have comments about it. But I've noticed that there are a lot of podcasts and a lot of uh, recap shows online about, about Game of Thrones. And it seems like year after year, there's at least one, maybe two, two uh, pundits of the shows that do nothing but shit all over it. And I just kind of sit back and I go, sounds to me like you don't enjoy this show at all. Why are you watching? Just so you can come on this show and shit on it? Like, you're, are you, you're hate-watching? Why? What is the point? Just turn it off. Stop watching and stop doing these stupid recaps and commentaries because we don't want to hear it. I am all for hearing other people's opinions about said program, but when all you do is shit all over it, it, then I just go, you're not getting any enjoyment of the show. So why, why would you bother continuing to watch it? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's upsetting. It's upsetting because, you know, I would love to have a, uh, a bigger format where I could express my opinions about this show that I love so much. I'm not saying I won't have hot takes now and then, but I but I it's because I love this show. I'm not hate watching it. I don't hate watch anything. When The Walking Dead became a drag and a snooze fest, I stopped watching and I haven't gone back. You don't see me talking about Walking Dead on here on Mark Mark Talk. You know why? Because I don't want to talk about it. Because I don't watch it anymore. Side note, I've heard it's gotten better, but who's to say? I can't say, because I'm not watching it, so I'm not going to comment on it. Read the comics, that's what I have to say. But anyway, I'm sorry. I uh, let the emotions get the uh, the better of me. I, I, you know, it happens. I, I tried to tell myself I wouldn't go there, wasn't going to bring it up. We see how good about uh, keeping my word I am when it comes to uh, keeping myself in check. Sometimes things just need to be said. And I think you, the listener, deserve to hear it. So all that said, when it's all said and done, how do do I feel about the way Game of Thrones ended? Do I agree with it? Do I hate it? I'll tell you this. Did I hate it? Not at all. Nope. Did not hate it. I get it. Because as I mentioned, they were planting these seeds from day one. 
And look, you got to remember, folks, whether or not you like the writing, you have to understand that, well, they're still, Dan and Dave, they've still been following the outline provided to them by George R.R. Martin, the author of this series. Now, we could certainly spend a lot of time arguing, or not even arguing, probably coming together uh, uh, in agreement on, well, the books will probably go this same route, but the execution of it on the show was A or B. And yeah, maybe. I certainly didn't feel the show was rushed very much, even though we had less episodes. I didn't feel it was rushed. I felt it was going pretty, uh, the, the pace was going pretty well until that last episode. Because I feel like, well, I kind of need more. kind of wish I had more. Even if it had just been bumped up to seven episodes, like last time. kind of wish we gotten more. Nevertheless, we got what we got. The show went the way it was going to go. I think the series is going to head up that way. And I'm not mad about it. I get it. My only prediction that came remotely true was that I said at the end, I don't think there's even going to be a throne. I think whoever takes the mantle is going to say, you know what? to hell with this thing no more throne it's it's caused nothing but trouble we're done we're done with it going back to the old days i was only kind of partially right that throne certainly got decimated in a epic glorious fashion but we still got the hierarchy of a, of a monarch because we do have a king. King Bran. They call him Bran the Broken. Though I, I, I really doubt they're going to stick with that name. They'll, they'll just call him King Brandon of House Stark. The Three-Eyed Raven. The man who sees all. Knows all. He breaks the wheel because they chose him as king. They choose. They will choose the kings now. It won't fall in a uh, line of succession. All six kingdoms he shall rule, except for the north. Sansa made that very clear. Nope, the north shall not be ruled. And I'm sure we'll, we can continue to have discussions about how, how that works, but whatever. Maybe in the book, whenever it's released, if it's ever released... We'll get a further... We'll get more details. The execu- Again, the execution argument. Fine. Although, now that I think of it, I did once joke that I bet John, after uh, refusing the throne, I think he'll go back up north, uh, you know, past the wall and go live among the free folk and just retire out there. And I thought, no, that's too good of a picture for John. I don't think I don't think he'll get that happy ending. But he kind of did. Although he was sent to the north. He was sent to the Night's Watch, which evidently people figure was a thing, but uh he said, "Yeah, okay. I'll do that." 
remembering that, hey, by the way, there's not really a Night's Watch anymore. So what happens? He he and the other wildlings, they go up north, and uh, John has left the realms of men behind. And there's a great moment right before, uh, right before the credits roll, and John, he goes past the wall, and the gate is closing behind him, and he looks, he looks, by, he looks over his shoulder at the gate as it closes, and that's very symbolic because that door is shutting to the life that he once had, the life that, the life that he might have, he, he could have had. He's saying goodbye to his family. It's, it's his way, the, the door is shutting on that chapter of his life. And now he's going on to the true north to live among the free folk as a free man. Will he meet a wildling girl and make children? Who knows? But he's got his trusty wolf beside him. And he's got his his new best buddy, Tormund Giantsbane, who somehow survived through this whole ordeal. <laughs> That man is strong. Giant's milk, kids. Get on it. He retires north and he, he, he rides off, not even into the sunset. He rides off into the dark. Rides off into the, uh, the forest. And we'll never know what becomes of John after that. Arya sells west of Westeros. Because no one knows what's beyond that, so <laughs> I I pray to God she doesn't uh, to all to all all the gods there there are. I hope to God she does not get lost at sea. And Sansa's queen of the north, and all seems well, right? Well, it's not all well. It's still uh, there. There are still some things left to be desired. That's it, if that's my one takeaway. Did I love the ending? I still don't know. But do I think it was an appropriate ending? Absolutely. Bittersweet, you're damn right. And George R. R. Martin promised us long ago when someone asked him, how, does, how, how do you think this will end? How do you think we will feel when the series ends? And he says the ending is going to be bittersweet. And I think we got that. The rise and fall of a, of a tyrant queen who could not deny her family's legacy as, as hard as she tried. And an unloved bastard boy who was the true savior of the realm had everything taken away. Yeah. It's sad when you think of it that way. The Song of Ice and Fire. Jon Snow, Daenerys Targaryen. For a while there, I thought Jon Snow was the Song of Ice and Fire. And maybe in the books, maybe he is. But ultimately, the show was always about Jon and Danny and their journey and how Ice and Fire were supposed to come together for one glorious purpose. They serve that purpose. 
And when that purpose uh, no longer served them both, both of them had to go their own way. Problem is, this isn't a world where things just happen lightly. Things just don't happen... uh, 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 it's not going to go the way you think. And I think that's the problem that the majority, I think that's the problem they're having with the show and how it ended. Just didn't go the way they thought or the way they hoped. They don't understand why there wasn't a better, quote unquote, better ending for them. And the truth is simple. Because that's not how it works. That's not how stories work. You can't have a fairy tale ending every time. Hell, even Infinity War ended on a bummer. That movie's fantastic. An endgame. I mean, what a follow through with that. But Game of Thrones, I, I'm i sad, you guys. I'm sad. I think that's another reason why I didn't want to talk about it earlier, because I'm sad. As I mentioned, this has been my obsession for almost 10 years, and uh, now it's over. But there is hope. Because there will be books. We can relive all the stuff all over again with, uh, with you know, some more information. More stories, little, little, uh, little side items that uh, probably will end up inevitably go nowhere, but it's fine. Little extra flavor because that's what George does in these books. And I say on to the the uh, prequel, Blood Moon. It's going to be t- dubbed, and I don't know what that means, you guys. I don't know what Blood Moon means. But I know it's going to be set during the time of the Age of Heroes. Long, long, long ago. You're not going to see House Baratheon. You're not going to see... You might see the Lannisters. You might see the formation of House Lannister. You'll probably see the Starks. But uh, I have a feeling this show is going to be a lot more, a lot different very very different than what we're used to in this world because this is a different time all the major houses most of them not even a thing so that'll be interesting you probably I don't want to speak too soon but I'm going to wager a guess and say you're probably not going to see any Targaryens at all like none at all But, don't quote me. All I know is, you're not going to see the Targaryens in Westeros. Because this is long before the conquest. So maybe, just maybe, we will get shots of old Valyria. And that sounds cool. It's been a crazy time. It's been a crazy ride. A crazy watch. A show that 
for all intents and purposes, probably shouldn't have succeeded the way it succeeded. It seems like I blinked my eyes one day and then suddenly everybody's watching the show that I held so dear to my heart. Of course, people might have different opinions of it now that it's over. But I think in time, everyone will grow to reappreciate it for what it was. I will always cherish what it was. I will cherish the time watching it, the times I felt horrible, the times I felt monumentally gleeful. I'll miss the fan theories, some of them. I'll miss uh, I'll miss some of these key players. Just uh, knowing knowing that I have a, a I get to look forward to what they do next season. I'll miss that feeling. But that's what happens every time a TV show ends. I felt that way when How I Met Your Mother ended. I felt that way after Sons of Anarchy. Seinfeld. on and on and on but I'm thrilled with what we got eternally grateful to D.B. Weiss and David Benioff the showrunners who who brought this show this show that wasn't even supposed to happen you guys the show that a series that George R.R. Martin created specifically to make it unadaptable for film or television That's why it's so crazy. That's why there's so many weird, crazy things happening in this this series. Because surely to God, no one would dare put this on screen. But these two men had a dream. They dared to dream. And they met with George, and George said, you know what? Okay. You boys, uh, you got something. You, you got it. You understand it. Let's see if you can pull it off. And for better or worse, they did. They pulled it off. They gave us a global phenomenon. It's, it's so rare to have that. A fictionalized show that's a global phenomenon. You have to really think about it. That's, that's not, that is just not an easy thing to do. But I'm glad we got it. And I can't wait for the rewatch. But for now, our watch has ended. Thank you for tuning in. Please do all the crazy things. You know what to do. Like it. Share it. React. Let me hear you. Let me hear from you. At Mark the Bat on Twitter. At Mark Talk Podcast on Instagram. Or my personal Instagram at Mark the Bat. Pretty simple. Let me hear your feedback. Let me let me hear from you. Let me know what you want me to talk about. There's so many things to talk about. I'm going to bring back Fan Fiction Friday, I promise you. Maybe I'll uh, do some other things. We got Godzilla King of the Monsters coming up. I will 
be talking about Godzilla. I probably will talk about Godzilla more than you want me to. It's going to happen. I think we still got uh, things to talk about in the worlds of DC. Like Shazam and Aquaman. And, uh, you know, there's that little nugget of we got some official Batman casting news. So, yeah. If you haven't heard me in my last episode about that, (laughs) go back and check that out and then wait for the the update. (laughs) Funny stuff. Funny thing, life. This is Mark Talk saying, hey, thanks for coming. And thanks for the talk.